Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. I want to invite you this morning to hear from God. I want to invite you this morning to not hear from me. I want to invite you this morning to be challenged in a way like you've never been challenged before. God wants to be a pyrotechnic worker this morning and light some things on fire. Man created a nuclear bomb, but God created the sun. And in light of him, I think change is inevitable. And we come too often, too weak sauce, when we find ourselves looking at God and we want to stay on the throne. And we're gonna look at a story this morning that is just a radical response to how good God is. A radical response that, that every possession, every definition of success, everything that people would hold dear is counted as loss and rubbish and nothing. And so when we talk about opening up the Bible, we are not talking about opening up um, a word's that I speak, we're talking about God's word that he's preserved to speak to us through messengers and through each other to inspire us and to teach us what he's like, his characteristics, his attributes, and then we can work that journey and that process out, get the coaching we need, make the adjustments we need. And thank God we serve a loving God that is patient with us, that he doesn't just come in in a moment and not see the results that he he desires because he's perfect. And so he longs that we would find ourselves um, consumed with his holiness. Acts chapter 19. A number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. It's a pretty public announcement of their faith and to switch their previous lifestyle. And they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. The setting for where this takes place is a city called Ephesus. Paul, one of Jesus's um, chosen vessels that used to kill Christians, is now spreading the message and the good news of Jesus from region to region to region. And he shows up in a city called Ephesus with a population roughly, uh, theologians say, historians say, anywhere from 200,000 to 400,000 people in a small, close port city. And so you have uh, a pretty dense region where there's a lot of people. And you have, in this city, is known for their, their worship of pagan gods, so false gods, so statues. And one of them specifically is the god Artemis, the Greek god. And she's known as the God of Fertility. You can check this picture out. And she has a huge temple there that people come and they worship her. That may sound a little silly to us, but you guys, it's happening every day. It just doesn't look like Artemis. It looks a little different and a little subtle. It looks like maybe the Nike store or it looks like a sports game or it looks like our own personal houses. And we worship and we can't really see it so clear what we can in other people's lives. So we're like, why would you want to go to this temple and worship this Greek God? But that's the setting for which is taking place in this story when these people that have been practicing magic take their books and decide to burn everything. The city is known for their, their teaching of magic arts. 
So Christianity is not prevalent. It is not the, the primary, uh, the, the focal point of the region, okay? It is, it, it, is, it is not even in their shape, their thoughts, their thinking. So for people to respond like Acts chapter 19 is pretty radical. Today we're talking about the good life. And how do we measure success? Webster says success is this. It's the fact of getting or achieving wealth, respect, or fame. Wealth, respect, and fame. This is a bad joke. This is sickening. Who's lying to us? Who put this in the code? This is not a good definition of success. Many reasons why. One of the most obvious reasons why is this. Many of us will never achieve that status of success. Some of us will never have the same opportunities as other people just by how we were born or where we were raised or people right now in a third world country that are struggling and suffering and trying to find their food meal. Where's next? So the definition of success for them can't be wealth. It can't be respect. And it can't be fame. Because eventually it's going to fall short. This isn't the good life. It's the bad life. The world's definition of success is the bad life. How many here have some problems? Anybody? How many here think if you just had a little bit more money, your problems would start to alleviate a little bit? Come on, somebody's honest. Come on, somebody's honest. One time somebody asked me, I sat with a wise mentor, and he asked me, hey, what's the one thing stopping you from being successful? And I said, oh, it's, it's, it's money. If we had more money, we'd, 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 we'd win. And he looked at me and he goes, you're so wrong. Money will never buy the results you desire for. You have to go to God and you have to find what his heart is on it. And you got to grow your vision bigger beyond what you see through dollars. And I'm telling you, it was a swift Napoleon dynamite kick with the guy, the instructor, Taekwondo guy that hits you in the face with the, with the big pants, like whap to my face. And I got in my car. I was so discouraged, but I knew he was so right. Because I knew money wouldn't solve it. And we turn to the great historian, the great theologian, who's written many books on this topic, Puff Daddy, to give us a little insight. That's real, yo. I don't exaggerate at all, man. The more money you make, the more problems you get. And jealousy and envy is there's something that comes with the territory, man. A lot of people, it's just negative energy, like my man Puff say. Negative energy, like his man Puff says. Possessions, they do not solve the cry of your soul. They won't solve the answers that we're longing for, that fulfillment that we're longing for. It won't happen. In fact, more money, more problems or as Puff Daddy would say, mo money, mo problems. And it's true. It's true. Possessions don't solve it. Success, by the world's definition, won't solve it. I love, there's a rapper, his name's Bizzle. And he used to rap about cars, clothes, and street lifestyle. And now he, he talks about his, his, his label's name is God Over Money. G-O-M, God Over Money. God over money. And Bizzle now no longer is a slave to the world system. And he says, you know what? It's God that's first place. He's over money. I have a dollar here. One dollar. 
One dollar. Whoever's super excited about that dollar can come get it. It's a dollar. That's what I'm saying. I was, t- I was taught, I mean, I, went to, uh, I was at the drive-thru the other day and I got a $25 gift card for the basketball coach and who did a great job with my son. And, and the, she gave me the receipt. It dropped in the snow and, she was, uh, and I opened up the door and there was a dime to, from, as I picked it up. And I made sure I picked up the dime too because, right, if you see money, you pick it up. And, and so I have a $100 bill right here. And, and so, so whoever comes first can get that $100 bill. And, uh, and um, response changed, didn't it? Response changed big time. I mean, big time. In all of our hearts. He just gave away $100? Because what we value, we respond. How we act and what we see is the greatest achievement will literally dictate our actions. We will follow suit. And we need to be very, 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 very careful because I believe this. In order to live the good life, and we're talking about the good life today, and we see the world wants us to live the good life, but their definition is actually the bad life. And when we live by their system, what we find out is this. Their system's typically ruled by money. And God tells us this. You better be very, 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 very careful when it comes to money. Very careful. First Timothy chapter six says this. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge into people, into the ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. This one's been butchered a lot, that money is the root to all kinds of evil. No, the love of money in the seat of God is a root to all kinds of evil. Just think about that for a second. The wickedness we see in the world, the evil we see in the world, that having money elevated and that being what we need. And and some of us sitting here, well, we got to pay our bills, right? We got to pay our bills. Yes. But who's the source of the bills? It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith. Think of that for a minute. To walk away from Jesus because money was so captivating. Money was grabbing our attention so strong. It was pulling us. It's a master. We don't even realize it's, a, it's, a, it's like a um, force field or like a, like a tractor beam pulling us in and, and pulling our hearts and, and leading us in places that we never wished we'd be, the things that we'll do for money, the, the way we'll compromise, the way we'll lower our standard, the way we'll hang out with certain people for money. When I was in sales, and when you get a big deal, it's exciting. So you might not get paid for two, three months, but then you might get a, uh, a, you know, a deal that you make 10 grand or six grand on. And it's exciting. And the people that make that type of money, sometimes they want to go out to the club and they want to buy a $300 bottle of wine. And it's a little captivating. You're like, wow, 12 of us just went out to dinner and we just spent like $2,500. I didn't, the president did, but what in the world? They came with like these hot towels one time and I didn't know what to do. Everyone was grabbing the towel and they just wiped their face off and they gave it back to the person. I'm sitting there like, <laughs> I'm like trying to get the cues from the guy across me. What are you doing with the towel? Can I keep it? And it was all warm. And I just literally just dab your face and be like, there you go. And um, the steak came out and it had no seasoning on it because this, the meat's supposed to be that, you know, prime and amazing. And I just remember feeling like I was out of my element. I thought it was the coolest thing ever, too, because here's this president that makes uh, millions and millions of dollars. 
and we're, we're at the bar, and, he, and, he's, and he's casting some vision for me. And he's like, I see you doing big things with the company. I was like, wow, that's a huge honor. Thank you so much. And um, he goes, so tell me about this Jesus thing. <laughs> and we just started talking about Jesus. There's somebody with millions and millions of dollars, and he still knew the greatest question that we all need to ask is, what about this Jesus thing? And we start talking about it, start sharing the vision for stuff like this. And they got excited, and that company still supports us to this day because they saw something greater. They saw something that was happening, and they're still running their lane, and God is still using them in different ways, and their growth curve looks differently, and God loves us all. And, but it was so cool to not compromise in those moments. But I'll tell you what, the temptation is real. The temptation is real to all kinds of evil, respect and fame and wealth. Uh, Matt Chandler writes in the introduction of this book here, The Good Life, and he, he writes in, the, in this to, to basically a case study of Solomon. Solomon was a son of David. So you've maybe heard the story, King David who slayed Goliath, the giant, and, and his son, from a, a mistake that he's now with this new lady, because he's kind of messed up his life, but he changes, he, his heart was always to go, you know, repent to God. He's like, God is going to use me, and God uses him, and he's going to have a son, and his son's name is Solomon. And Solomon shows up on the scene, and this, this, this guy uh, would make your party and my party look like, you know, micro machines to a real car. Remember the micro machines to a real car? And Matt Chandler writes this, he had everything and anyone could ever want or do. This is no exaggeration or hyperbole. He threw some of the biggest parties on the planet in 1 Kings 4. He was the most successful builder who's ever lived. His pools gave water to the forests. His pools gave water to the forests. You know when you see those old pictures of those elaborate kings and their kingdoms? That's Solomon. He had, so if you think, if you think, um, all the guys in the room, if you think women are attractive and, and you know, you just wonder maybe uh, what a lavish uh, lifestyle of pursuing that would be. And, well, Solomon punks you out and punks us all out. And he says this, it says this, he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. His sexual conquests of any person would, of any person on the planet would look like junior varsity, Matt Chandler writes. Biggest parties, biggest palace, biggest pools, all the women and riches he could ever want. But he writes this, one word to describe everything that he realized on this whole planet. It was all vanity and it was all meaningless. Solomon says it's all vanity and it's all meaningless. Acts 19, 19. And they counted the value of them, found it, and it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. Their magic books that they've learned about their whole life. These people. So this would be equivalent to thinking about Vegas. It's the only life you know. It's the only life you know. Only life you know is, is strip clubs and casinos. The only life you know. It doesn't matter if somebody loses their whole house. It doesn't matter because, hey, they came, in, they came into our place. This is, this is Sin City. This is, this is just the, what happens here. Can you imagine in a city like that, a casino owner coming and saying, you know what, I'm going to burn my casino in front of everybody. Whew, that'd make the news, right? The magicians of that day, they take their books and they burn them in front of everybody and they counted it as 50,000 pieces of silver. What does that mean? 50,000 pieces of silver means this for you and me. It's a modern day equivalent 
anywhere from in the range from $1 million to $20 million were burnt right there. There's some $100 bills just burning right in front of everybody. Money ain't a thing. Cash rules, every, you know, I mean, boom. If I ruled the world, not everything, and this just all happening right in front of them, they don't care anymore. The point is, what they once considered as valuable meant nothing now and could be tossed into the flames because God was worth more to them. The good life can't be bought. They saw something worth way more than a $100 bill. Trip Lee, in this book, he describes the good life as this, living by faith in a good God. That could be our definition for the good life. Living by faith in a good God. That we're not driven by only our desires, because they're real. We need to provide, we need to work. But it's not the center. It's not the greatest value. I, uh, I, I've, uh, for some of you that know this, um, I make music. And I, I, I made music before I met Jesus. And I used to travel uh, down to Detroit, and I would go battle rap in the late 90s. I started rapping at 15 years old, and I started beatboxing, I remember, at five. And I had one beatbox I used to show people. And I don't know what it was. It was just the narrative for my life. I had Sir Mix-a-Lot, um, Buttermilk Biscuits record at eight years old. I remember when my parents got divorced, that was like, and I, had, I remember LL Cool J and Salt and Pepper. And, and that means nothing to you, but Led Zeppelin does and Pink Floyd might. Or, you know, the doors or the who might mean something to you. And, and I met Jesus and everything changed. I didn't want the same things I wanted anymore. So my album on the cover of it was two blunts in the shape of a V because our, our rap name was Voodoo Domain. Uh, and we sw- it was Voodoo Toilet originally, and then we switched it to Voodoo Domain. And, and that's, I mean, it was like real. We were, it was about it. And it was a time that I learned and I grew. And I don't look back on it and say, like, I'm not, like, condemning it or judging it. But stuff started to change in me where I remember I kept on to those CDs. I held on to them. And I had this record collection that I got from my buddy that through his unfortunate circumstances became my fortunate circumstances where he basically sold his whole life for $400 and before he went to jail so he could have Doritos, you know, in jail and stuff. And it's one of my boys, so I'm like, hey, of course I'll buy your whole life for $400. No, but we did. I did say he could have it back when he came out, but he didn't. He, anyways, it was, he really wanted me to have it. He had this huge record collection, great friend of mine. And, and, I, and I had uh, stuff from Europe, stuff that nobody heard, Dr. Dre instrumentals, Eminem instrumentals and all these things that I held on to, even walking with Jesus. And it was kind of like, hey, I'm not, it doesn't affect me. It's just there, it's just chilling. Well, something started to change when God kept calling me to make music for him. He kept saying, hey, what are you going to do with that stuff? I just keep it around in case anybody wants to see it. Or it's just, it shows my growth. It shows things change. He's like, why do you really keep it around? And I'm like, well, I kind of I like a part of it. I kind of like the memory. I kind of like you know, maybe showing it to people that, this, that it wasn't all, you know, just a story. And so I had all these records and I had to decide, like, what am I going to do with them? And I felt like God told me, burn them, get rid of them. And I'm like, oh, that's stupid. I could sell them for $4,000 and give it to, you know, a church or something. And he challenges me and he says, well, do you believe it's going to help somebody else grow? You think it's going to help somebody else get closer to Jesus? I remember rapping at the prison, and I said, has your favorite rapper ever came? Like, nah. 
but your favorite rapper talks about the stuff that brought you here and brought me into the same places. And they don't even know it because they're led by a master. There's two masters on the world all the time. And that's not to judge and condemn. It's just the reality. It's the truth. It's what we're confronted with. And so I got rid of all the records. I don't think everyone has to do this, but this was part of my story. I needed to do this. This was part of my growing. I had to grow. I had to get this out of me. And I got rid of all of my old CDs from the days of, you know, 8 Mile and The Wired Frog, and I got rid of it all. And, and it was so liberating because God kept speaking to me. I can give you more than you ever had before. I can give you more than you ever had before. A lot of times we're holding on to things because we think we own them. But when we live by faith, living by faith in a good God, the good life, things change. And we burn our records. We get rid of our records. We get rid of stuff. So the questions we look at this morning are this. Who are you aiming to impress? Who's in charge of your life? And what is the value you put on God? You just say, I. Like, who am I trying to impress? Who is in charge of my life? And what is the value I put on God? You can debate in, in, with God forever. He's always going to get the final say. Even if we come to him with a nuke, he says, I got the son. Matthew 27 breaks down the good life. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, when he said he, that's Jesus, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend all of the law and the prophets. The good life is simply put this. It's all about Jesus and it's all about people. The good life is all about Jesus and it's all about people. The way we keep score is different. That God becomes the center. He becomes number one. And that the good life is simply taking ourselves out of the equation. Because we, we're so stuck on ourselves. So if we just drop an O, the good life is really the, the God life. Like get ourselves out of the equation. And just make it the God life. The God life. Like, what does he want? What is his desires? What is his affections? And so the best question we really ask is, how do I glorify God? Is he getting all of me? Ooh, this hurts so good. Like, how do you even live this out? Well, the first question, the first answer to that is, you don't, you don't figure out how your job is loose. And then he figures out the rest and he pours into. And secondly, people to regard higher than ourselves. This is exactly what Jesus has done and modeled to us and his saints and his followers have done the same. And those magicians, when they saw the works of Paul and the Christians moving through Ephesus, they were so intrigued and so inspired. They have something that can't be bought. They have something better than a statue. They have something better than my whole profession I've learned my whole entire life. And these magic books... I'm going to burn it. I'm going to roll with that team. Things change. Success is differently. The grave is the great calibrator to us all. Stephen Covey, he says success is um, figured out by asking this question. What would you want to be said about you at your funeral? What would you want to be said about you at your funeral? And then in light of that, is that what people would say about you at your funeral? And we're all breathing here, so we actually get an opportunity to change that. If, if, if you're not happy about what people would say about you at your funeral, 
And that's not to beat us down like, oh, we're never going to be good enough. It's to challenge us. It's to inspire us to say, you know what? I'm going to start calibrating things differently. I'm going to look at the audience of one. Galatians 1.10. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. What applause do we want to hear? God's or people cheering about our success, about our growth, about what makes us feel that we are um, established. And a lot of times it's why we make fun of people. This is why we separate from people because we might be intimidated by certain fears and we feel in our comfort zone that people are going to give us what we want. But ultimately, the approval of man leads to death. The approval of God, we hear things like, well done, my good and faithful servant. And when we give up what we think we deserve, God will give us more than we dreamed of in Jesus. Paul goes on to continue to write in Galatians. He says this, I've been crucified with Christ in chapter two, verse 20. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I love this. Because this is not a special code for just me. This isn't anything secret that I have. Nope, nothing. Nothing secret. There's no Jedi mind tricks up here. If you're not living this, this is about you and God. Like God is seeing you and he's seeing me all the time. The greatest conviction that changed my life was that God was watching. There's no law that will ever make people obey. The jail is filled with lawbreakers. We all naturally break the law until Christ steps in, until we let Jesus take control and let him have all of us. We say no longer I in my story. We say his story, his glory. That's not foolishness. It's the good life. And our view on money changes. 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of the world. We all came in the world as little babies naked. Terminator, he came in the world as a big man naked. But we came as babies and we brought nothing into the world. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And think of how humbling this is. We can take nothing out of it. I've heard it said many times. Nowhere will you see behind a hearse as you'll see everyone's possessions. Because you can't take it with you. You can bury your favorite flag. You can bury your favorite, you know, necklace with the person. But you can't take those things with you. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. How could this mindset take place? How could Paul write this to his Timothy? Now he wrote it because the good life Timothy was living was that God was at the center of it to love Jesus and to love people. And then it says this for us, but as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. This looks a lot different than the Webster's definition for wealth, respect, fame. 
Fight the good fight of faith. Come on, this is where you stand up. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, about which you were made, the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Presence of many witnesses. The magicians can't turn back to their old career. It's done. It's gone. It's gone. Old career is gone. There's no more old career. It's gone. And when we look at wealth, verse 17 says this. But as for the rich in the present age, so right there, that sentence acknowledges that people will be rich. And it acknowledges that money's okay, just not the love of it. Money's okay. Having things is okay. Charge them not to be haughty nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is eternal life. Like they may take hold of eternal life, not what they can store up here. The wind starts to look different. different. The currency is different. And living by faith in a good God. So as we look to land this plane and we look at application, Here's the application. Keep good company. And you know, you can do some things practically like that. You can join the dream team here. You start to serve people. You start to intentionally say, okay, I'm going to devote some time with my walk of Christ. And you then, you know, you know, you get rooted. You get around people that are in community. It's not always about what you're doing, but it's about who you're doing it with. And I've heard this quote many times. It's been proven to be true. Show me your five closest friends. I'll show you your future. And it's hard because am I leaving my friends behind? No. All my friends know I love them. And in fact, if they're real good friends, they would want you to improve. They'd be like, man, I notice you're grinding. I notice you're shining. Keep it up. Hey, man, I can't wait to change some things. Hey, we're going to be hanging out here. The difference is we're not just divulging in our weaknesses. Anyone who wants you to divulge in the weaknesses, that's a good indicator that maybe something needs to be cut, something needs to be changed. And God can restore everything. I've watched God countless times bring relationships in my life that, that looked like they were severed, but once we got on his game plan, he always brings it back together. Even when I find myself off, you know what? He brings us back. And sometimes when Crystal needs to check me and she's like, you're not acting like Jesus right now. I'm way over here. And, uh, and then I, I realize it and I come back into the fold. I come back into the house. And so things look differently. Respect looks differently. Wealth looks differently. Fame looks differently. Because we have it all in Jesus. And there's examples of this at City Life everywhere. Out in this crowd, I see many of you. There's examples of this everywhere. And I celebrate you. And I honor you. And a few of them that just, the stories that um, no one knows about, but it's like the Jorge's of the world when he's stocking shelves at Meyer for 20 plus years. And he's putting booze on the, because he does the, uh, the liquor aisle. And at first he's like, what is this? Oh, you know, people are going to go get drunk in their whole life tonight. And he's like, you know what? Start praying for these people, the good life. Nobody's looking. I'm going to start loving on people when they're in the liquor aisle. I'm going to love on them. Jorge, that's city life. That's, that's good news. He's living the good life. He's living the good life. Simple. Good life. Carlos, right now, he can't be here. He stopped in just for a minute because he's delivering mail. And four more Sundays, he gets to deliver mail, and then he's going to be full-time so he can be back here on Sundays because he just loves Sundays. And Carlos, Carlos when, he's, when he's walking down every single block in the city, you know what he's doing? He's praying for people. He's been attacked by like seven pit bulls, but he's praying for people. His true story, every Bible study comes to the Wednesday night, he's like, yo, pit bull happened again. I got this bear, I got this bear kind of like, um, whatever that's called, you know, mace. 
Think about guys like Matt Horn behind the soundboard. Soundboard, the only time they get to hear about anything is when something goes bad. <laughs> when, you know, oh, something's wrong with the soundboard. No one goes up to him and says, hey, everything worked great today. That's awesome. He's the first to show up, last to leave almost every time. First to show up, last to leave every time. It was Sarah Thompson a couple weeks ago. I said, hey, what about those girls over there? Will you go get their numbers? And she starts getting their numbers and loving them and loving people. Stuff that nobody will see because that's the good life. Because God saw it. So God's the one cheering. Why are we doing this? Why do we come up here? Why do we come on Sunday? It's the good life. It's God. And the list goes on and on and on and on. And I could brag on many things you guys do. Get plugged in today. And we'll bring the worship team up real quick. I want to ask us a question. It's one of two responses as we look to close. As God is a pyrotechnic. He wants to burn some things in our life. He, he does. And maybe it's not records for you. Maybe you're not, maybe you're not ready for all that. But I just ask you this question. What is Jesus worth to you? What is he worth to you? There was another group during the time of the magicians, when they're burning their books, there's another group, a guy, he rallies a team. His name's Demetrius. And he makes his living by selling little statues of Artemis, that Greek god of fertility. He makes his living by the tourists coming and them trying to, you know, worship Artemis. And he makes his living by, by, by selling it to them. And he's like, this Jesus thing's about to overthrow us. They're about to take and run the whole city. He grabs his boys and says, hey, I think, I think we're going to go out of business unless something changes. And a riot happens in the city. And they start shouting, great as Artemis, great as Artemis, the Greek god of fertility. In another translation, Diana. And great as Diana, great as Diana, great as Diana. And they just start shouting it. Because that's what our sin does. Our sin wants to shout the thing that is robbing us of God, robbing us of the good life. They had the good life right in front of them. They had examples right in front of them. People burning $20 million worth of their, their prized possessions. And then here they are wondering, I don't know how I'm going to get my meal tomorrow. No way. What about if we really got tested? What about if we had no money and we were suffering and everything was broken and gone? Is Jesus still worth it? What does Jesus mean to us? Is he still worth it at that point? Is he still worth it? Like for real, is he still worth it? You guys can play at any time. Just make it all cool. <laughs> what it does. It just, it softens our hearts. Maybe just, um, yeah, just, sorry. I think, I do think we think, um, we need things to soften us up. Because we have prejudices, we have anxieties, we have pressures, we have things that God is wanting to burn today. We don't shout great as Artemis because that's not real for our city. We shout things like great as a sports team, great as my union, great as my political party, great as consumers energy, great as this economy, great as material wealth, great as internet porn, great as getting drunk, great as getting high, great as this, great as this, great as this, great as that game last night, great as, you know, which is a sweet shot. He hit it just from the end court. It was awesome. Point zero seconds left. I mean, Steph Curry was, and then he did this little dance. It was sweet. But that's not what's great. Great is Jesus Christ. Great is Jesus Christ. Great is Jesus Christ. Great is Jesus Christ. That's it. Great is Jesus Christ. He's the one who set me free. He's the one who set us free. Great is Jesus Christ. That's it. Great is Jesus Christ. 
So when we get confronted to lose our livelihood, even if it costs us our jobs, it costs us our money, we're like, hey, burn it all. You can have it all. I'm already been dead, homie. Because I keep score differently now. I keep score if God's watching, if, I, if he has my whole heart, and I keep score now if I'm loving people. And you know what? That's hard. It's hard to love people. It's hard. God wants to just break some of us today. He is just, he's just trying to pound through your head because you're so, you're so stubborn. Gosh, I just feel it. Some people are so stubborn. I was so stubborn. Oh, I wish somebody Napoleon dynamite me in the head. Great is Jesus Christ. Great is Jesus Christ. Great is Jesus Christ. He's so good. He's so good because he loves me us at our worst at our worst and he didn't just die for what you did yesterday he didn't just die for what you're going to do today he actually died for what you'll do tomorrow too it is awesome it's awesome so friends let's just examine our hearts and close our eyes for a minute and 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 i know everybody here wants to live the good life nobody come on nobody in their right mind wants to live the bad life but you and your heart, what do you need to burn? What do you need to burn? What are the things that trip you up, trip us up? We're in this thing together. Like, stop it. What are the walls that divide? What is the coaching you need? What is the adjustments you need to change? Yeah, it's going to be scary. Yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. But you know what? It's new life. You won't get it at first. You're like a baby, but that's okay. good company God I pray that you would uh, burn things off right now supernaturally for those that need healing you would breathe healing for those that need confidence breathe confidence for those that are struggling with insecurity kill it right now for those that put money before you God I pray that you would burn that idea you would now shift their perspective to, to give not what they get not I have to go to church, but I get to be a part of your body. Jesus, birth callings in this place today. Give love in a powerful way for our, for our workplaces that we would start to share the good news, be the good news at home when we're struggling. We would say more I'm sorry's and we would listen and try to figure this thing out. And thank you for your grace that sets us free that washes our sins clean for anyone who calls upon you to live faith in a good God, a good life. People here today, if you don't know Jesus, put your faith in him. He just wants you to say, I, I believe, I, I follow you, and I'm gonna figure this thing out. But only with your leading, only with your guiding. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong 